Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. During my free time, I like reading, and I've been, uh, I call myself a lifelong student. So each and every day, I just take time to just read and know what's happening. And one of the things is, when I joined Nairobi Chapel in Pakasi, Pastor Fred came up with a, a reading plan, which he says every day, read your Bible, pray every day. So I decided to take that challenge, and it has been amazing all this time. And I think I'm standing here, it's because I've been taking that thing seriously. Each and every day, I do just my reading, uh, doing the, the reading, and I've seen God work in amazing ways. I've gotten to learn God more and more each and every day. And at this season of my life, I'm, a, I'm in the middle of a storm. And I would say that I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be standing here if it's not from what I've been learning, who God is in my life. And that's what brought to this sermon series of a believer's journey. A believer's journey. What does it entail when you say that? You are a believer, and this journey, what is it? And whatever I'll be sharing today is just what I've been learning from God during this season when I've been in a, a place where I wouldn't want to be, but God is telling me that's where I want it to be. That's where I want me to teach you my ways so that you may be able to know me more and more. So that's how it came up with the, with the believer's journey. And I'll just be sharing with you what I've been learning from my devotions every morning. And it's very weird to come stand. After last month, the men who are here, who are, eh, when they lift bar high, things are so high, but I believe God will speak to us in one way or the other. So, as I've been going through, this is what came to me because I was asking God, hey Lord, I've been each and every day. I've tried to walk in your in your ways. How is it that But it only I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And this is in John chapter 16, verse 33. And when you look at it in the Amplified Version, it says, I've told you this thing so that in me you may have perfect peace. In this world you have tribulations and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undoubted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. And these are the words which Jesus was telling his disciples before then. He was telling them that your journey in this world will not be smooth. It will not be smooth sailing. It will be, there will be ups and downs. But the good thing is with our Lord, he also gives us a way forward and he says that. But I have already 
have already overcome the world. So don't worry. And you see, most times when you look at it, like in that verse, when you look, there's the word peace and trouble. Peace and be confident. And, and you wonder like, are these not oxymorons? These things don't go together. But that's how when you look at it in the world view, these things don't go together. You can't say that I have trouble at the same time I have peace. But that's how God operates. That's where God operates. When you, in human terms, it's not possible. But with God, in God, those things are possible. And in this, in this times as we look at the troubles which come in our lives, I'll be speaking not of the troubles which as a result of the disobedience because God, God told the Israelites in Deuteronomy, they'll be good if you're faithful to me, these are the good benefits that will come. If you forsake my word, these are the curses that will come. So we're going to be looking at the consequences we go through from our disobedience. But we'll be looking at the trials which come in our lives for God just to refine us, for God just to make us grow in our faith, and for God to want us to, to know Him more and more each and every day. So, in a, this month, in the first journey, we'll be reading from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. testing Jesus went through was right after him being baptized. It was right after him being baptized. And we can see this in 
Luke chapter 4 verse 1 it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he was coming from baptism, full of the Holy Spirit, and then he was led to be tempted. And the interesting thing which I looked at, what happened during the baptism of, of Jesus? If you look back, what happened during the baptism of Jesus? And this we find it in in, Mar in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And in this we can see that there are two main things that happened during the baptism. And one, it was the Spirit of the Lord coming down on Jesus in the, in the sign of a dove. But another thing that really happened was the Father kind of speaking and saying, This is my Son in whom I love, in whom I am well pleased with. And you can notice that this was the time Jesus was starting his ministry into the world. And the Father came, one, just to assure him. The Father came and did what is most critical in a son's life, and that's to get your father's affirmation. Because he was starting a journey he didn't know, he needed the strength to walk through the journey. And how better I think than the Father coming to assure him that you are my son in whom I'm well pleased with. And I, as I was doing this, I just looked what's the importance of a father's affirmation to a son. And if you can Google it, you can see all the things which are saying that if you don't have a father's affirmation, you'll have this and this. You can check it out. And we find that most times in our day and age, for those who don't get their father's affirmation, they go on social media to try get affirmation from people. And I would just want to pause and ask the fathers in the house, when was the last time you affirmed your son or your daughter? When was the last time you told your son or your daughter that you love them and you're proud of them? Because these are not words that you just speak. But these words have so much power in our sons. And you can see the father coming at the time when the son was starting a new journey and telling him, you are my son. So even as we ponder on that, I just want to take us to another story of a man who I look up to and I admire his leadership. And this is King David. And we can see that in, in, in Samuel, First Samuel chapter 16, David was just in the wilderness, just telling his father's sheep, playing his harp, worshiping the Lord in his own way with the, with the sheep. And the interesting thing I've been, I came to learn that is that it is said that at a time when 
Israelites were worshipping God and sacrificing to him cows and goats. David is the one at that time, he, he started doing a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. And this you can be seen in the, in the Psalms he wrote, in the various stages he wrote in his life, and also that during the dedication of the church in the temple, he's the one who assigned priests to do it. So David had a heart for the Father. And we find that at that time, Samuel was sent to go anoint David. And when he went, it says in verse six, chapter 16, verse 13, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And this is what I'm trying to bring to you as we do the believer's journey. As we take the believer's journey, three things are bound to happen. One, the Lord will speak a word to our lives. He is always speaking words to our lives. As we do the believer's journey, there are promises he promises to us. To us. And for us, it's just to lean in and listen to him because they always, he's always speaking to us. He says that he's close to us and he doesn't shout, he whispers because he's close to us and it's asked to listen to him. The second thing that will happen in our journey when the Lord speaks, we will accept and believe his word. And when we do that, the spirit of the Lord will come to us. Just as when Jesus was being baptized, the spirit came. Just as when David was being anointed, the spirit of the Lord came to us. When we believe the word of the Lord in our hearts, then the spirit of the Lord will, be, will come to us. And we know what the spirit does when he comes to us. He is the one who guides us, strengthens us, and leads us in our ways. However, uh, that, that's not the end of the journey. And I, I believe most of this prosperity gospels end there. You claim and receive, but that's not how the journey ends. After that, we go into a critical, a critical stage in our believer's journey. The stage which comes in between the word which was spoken to us and the word manifesting in our lives. And this is when we go through the test. As we see, Jesus after being baptized, Jesus after receiving the Spirit of the Lord, he was taken to the test. David, after he was anointed, he went, killed Goliath, he started serving in the in the in in Saul's ministry, and then Saul started uh, chasing him away and wanted to kill him. So at any given time when the Lord puts a word in us, there will come testings, and these testings are what comes between us and destiny, from us achieving what God has put for us. And the way the devil comes and tests us is by planting a seed of doubt. He will plant a seed of doubt. And this is the trick he has been using since the days in the Garden of Eden. And we see what, what he will do, like in, the, in Jesus' time, 
after the 40 days that he came, the first thing he asked Jesus was, if you are the son of God, all the temptations, the three temptations which were, were, were tested on Jesus, all started with, if you are the son of God. And you remember that during the baptism, the father came and said, you are my son. And this was where the uh, devil wanted to, to, to test Jesus to ask, if you are the son of God, he was doubting his sonship in, in the Lord. And that's what he does to us. Because when we receive the word from the Lord, he's not happy with us. And the thing which he wants is just to come snatch the word from us. For us not to be able to get to where God has called us to be. And he will, he will plant doubts. And I believe that most times when I talk about Pastor Feda, God, this is my word. And then when I talk about something happens and when I say, hey God, something else. And that's how the devil wants us to be. He will try each and every time for us to be, to doubt the promises God has given unto us. And this is, it's like he will come plant those doubts. The other thing, it will be like David, when he was going through, running away from Saul. The trial was so long, and I believe sometimes a word comes and wait for God for, for quite a long time for it to manifest, that you start doubting if really the word you received was true. And this is, there's a book I was reading, and it was saying that David was running in the, in, the, in the desert, and the only thing which could remind him of the destiny was the memories he had in his head of Samuel anointing him and the oil dripping on from his head. That's the only thing which he was holding on to. But the thing is that he didn't let go and he decided just to, to walk on on the journey. And I believe this is where in our journey as believers, each and every time the, the, the devil will be asking us, he will he'll be planting those seeds of doubt in us each and every time to test us to see are we able to hold on to the word God has given unto us or are we, are we going to, to let go? And it says that when Satan asked Jesus, if you are the son of God, for Jesus, he didn't have to answer him. He didn't have to prove to him because he was confident and he didn't have any doubt that he was the son of God because the father had affirmed him. He had affirmed him. So he, he didn't have to, to start doubting and wondering, am I really the son of God? He knew that he was the son of God. When David was running and doubts came, he held on to his word. He held on to the anointing he got from, from someone. And I was looking at this and saying that, they knew the God they served. They knew, Jesus knew the Father, and David knew the God he served. And in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says, 
God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? And I believe this was the word that they had. They knew that when my father says it, it is done. So I don't need to come prove to anyone. David knew that this is the God, the God I serve is a God. When he promises, he fulfills. When he says, he does it. So no matter all the circumstances I'm going through, which I may not understand, which don't even make sense to what the Lord has said, I'll not give up because the God I serve doesn't change his mind. The God I serve doesn't lie. And that's where we are as believers. In this journey, do we know this God we serve? Do we know this God we serve? Because unless we know the God we serve, who He is, then the doubts which will be thrown to us, they will shake us. The challenges which will be thrown to us will make us doubt the God. But this is a God who says that I'm a God who never lies. I'm a God who never changes. I don't change my mind. What I say, I do. What I promise, I fulfill. And we say that it's without a doubt in our journey as believers, we'll have these times. We'll have times when we'll be tested. But when these times of testing come, do we know this faithful God to hold on to his wire? Like what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. When they replied to King Nebuchadnezzar, we, did not, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. As they remembered what prophet Isaiah had proclaimed in Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2, when Isaiah had said, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fires, the flames will not set you ablaze. And indeed, that what the Lord did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They knew the God they served. They said, even if you throw us in the furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us. And, the God, and God came through for them. When the troubles come, we will, will we have the faith in God like the royal official in John chapter 4, verse 43 to 54? This is a man who came to Jesus while he was in Cana in Galilee and told Jesus like, my son is ill and I want you to come and heal him. And scholars say that the distance between Canaan to Capernaum, where the man was coming, 
was 22 miles, it, it was a 22 miles journey. And when this official cried out to God and said, come to, to heal my son, this is what the Lord said to him, go, your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. God told him, go, your son is in. And this guy decided to do the literal walk of faith. He decided to, to say, God, you've said it, I believe it. And he went back to Capernaum. And on his way back, the next day, so you can imagine the distance that was, what, what was going through his mind as he was doing the walk. And those times there was no mobile phone to confirm to the guys on the other side, like, but he took Jesus at his word and did this, the work of faith. And it says that the next day he met his servants and they told him, your son is well. And he asked them, when was he well? He said, at, was it at, in noon time? And that was the same time Jesus had gave him the word. So do we have the faith in this God we serve that when he says, go, your son is well. For us to take that step of faith and say, Lord, I've not seen it, but I trust in you. I'm doing the work. Or will we be, when the troubles come, will we be like Peter after we've done what we know how to do best and nothing has yielded? We have nothing to show of it. And the Lord says, Put down into the deep and let the nets for your catch. Let down the nets for your catch. Will it be like Peter to say, because you've said so, I'll let down my nets. Before Lord you've said so, I'll let down. Do we know this God we serve? Do we know him to take him at his word? Even when nothing seems to work out. To just hold on and say, Lord you've said it, I'll do it. And I believe in our believers' journey, as we do this journey as believers, this is what we encounter. You'll be tried and tested to see, do we know the God you serve? Can you take him at his word, even when circumstances don't make sense? And I believe the level of turbulence we experience in the midst of the storm depends on our distance, in the distance between us and God. The farther we are from God, the more turbulent the storms will be. But the closer we are to God, because we know Him, we know the God we serve, then the storms we face Will, not, will be less turbulent because he says in Psalms 25 verse 1 those who trust in the Lord will be like Mount Zion which is never shaken but endures forever my question today is do we know this God who we can take him at his word and say Lord I'm holding on to you you've said it I believe it and we see that what is going to do. And I believe we are at a time of social media. We are at a social media age 
where everyone is an expert. Everyone posts what they believe in. And I believe this is the time where, as believers, our values will be tested. Left, right, and center. I believe these are the times when we'll be having emerging new gospels, new gospels which are coming up. And part of these gospels will be like, did Jesus really say we should tithe? I believe you've seen that question on social media. People say, Jesus didn't say we should tithe. It's time where the gospels are coming and say, did Jesus really say we should go to church? And I've seen guys who are saying that. You don't have to go to church as long as you read the Bible in the house, you pray, you're okay. These are the gospels which are coming up. I believe there are also gospels which are saying, did Jesus really say that abortion is wrong? And these are the gospels which are coming up. And these are the questions which are coming up. And I believe it. They are just the enemy putting doubt in us and testing you to understand, do you really know this God you profess? And I believe these are the times when, when such questions are. It's for us to be the light and the salt of the world. For us to let our light shine before men. And we say, yeah, I know the God we serve. And the God, is, the God I serve says that it, it's, it's for us to go to church. Or are we going to be swayed by the gospels which have been spread here and there? And this, as I end, I, I would just want to ask us, how is our relationship with the Lord? How is our relationship with the Lord? Do we know this Jesus we sing about? When we say Jesus is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, do we know he's our provider? When he puts that, you at that time when that nothing seems to work out, businesses seem to, would you still stand up and say that? Jesus, you are my you are Jehovah Jireh. Do we know this? Are we, are we spending time with him in his presence just to get to know him more and more? Do we know his promises that he's spoken of our lives for us to be able to claim them? Are we reading our Bibles and praying every day? Are we reading our Bibles and praying every day? Are we still drinking milk when we should be eating real food? Drinking milk by coming on Sunday, Pastor Fred telling you what the Bible says and you don't. Read it to yourself. For me, during this season, I mean, I'm learning how to praise in the midst of the storm. I'm learning to praise in the midst of the storm. And it's not easy. And I saw that I'm happy to be where I am. But I know the God I serve. The God who is able to say to the storm, Peace be still. And, he is able, and the storms are able to, 
to respect. And I, I say, remember this believer's journey. If you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. If you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And the good thing is after the trial, after you've tested and proved yourself worthy, there's a reward after this. Because after Jesus was tested, and he came through, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He entered with the full of the Holy Spirit. He left out with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know how his ministry went. And we also see David, he walked into his kingship after the trials, and he became one of the greatest kings of Israel. So what will you be walking to after your test? Or will you give up on this Jesus and say, Lord, I cannot do this? Or will you hold on to him and say, Lord, despite me not understanding what is happening, I'm holding on to you because you've said it. I believe it. And that's my challenge for you today. Do you know this Jesus? to hold on to when things don't make sense. And let the Lord never be Lord. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.